You're listening to the Zealous Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Snyder. And before we get underway, I just want to remind you about this course that I've got offered outside of Boston, September 23rd at Physio X in Needham, Massachusetts. We're going to be exploring closed-chain biomechanics and how to use these little foot wedges to create an amazing chain reaction all the way up the body, whether it's for chronic pain and rehab or getting your athletes to optimal performance. You definitely don't want to miss it. Go to RockySnyder.com, click on events, go to workshops and courses, and you can register there. Now, this week's guest is Graham Betcher, and Graham is the mental skills coach for the Sacramento Kings. He's also worked with other athletes and other teams, but there are very few times where you just connect with someone immediately, and I got to say, that's what happened with myself and Graham. It is an amazing conversation. I play it back over and over because the things he has to offer will inspire and improve your life. Hope you enjoy. Uh, yeah, I would love to talk about a whole bunch of things. So, first off, if, yeah, using your your music to do the intros and outros, that would be fantastic. Okay. Any of the posts I put social media, I'll get that out there and give you kudos, of course. And we'll put everything in the descriptions for links to your book, which right I want to get into as well. But, like, cover the whole gamut. Uh, not just the NBA, but I know that you've kind of dabbled with NFL players in the past and and you've been doing this for now like 15 years or more probably. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I really, when I feel like I started, it was 1997. I mean, that's when I started doing the work on myself on a deep level as a teenager. Uh, I started training in San Francisco. It wasn't called sports psychology or anything like that, but I was learning to meditate, to visualize, you know, all that stuff. So I've been practicing this stuff on myself since I was a teenager, you know, since uh, since the 90s. And I guess I've really been sharing it my whole life. That's what my friends have been telling me, that I've just, whatever comes through me, I just share, Rocky. Now, I have a master's degree. I got a master's degree in sports psychology. You know, I've, you know, done all that. But, like, I think my whole life this has been coming through me is what I'm saying. Like, that. that's what I'm realizing as I, I mean, I'm 45 years old right now. So, when you're like, when did you start doing this? I'm like, man, I think I've been doing this shit since I was, like, a little kid. Um, and, and I'm serious and I've just, you know, my whole life is about alignment, trying to find alignment with your deepest meaning and purpose and stuff like that. So when I follow alignment, I'm like, I'm just following alignment. And apparently this is what it is. You know, I didn't know I knew all this shit. Like, I didn't know I was aware of all this stuff until I move on in life. And I thought, oh yeah, everyone's aware of this stuff. And then it was like, uh, not sure if that's the case, you know? So I love connecting with brothers from another mother. It just seems like. <laughs> sincerely such parallel paths um not i know we're going to talk about meditation but i think i was 14 in an after school class with a teacher i really respected teaching us transcendental meditation and and just started going there and then there was something about balance i mean my zodiac sign is libra scales balance and so on it was always about alignment and in the 90s while you were doing your teenage we're about 10 years apart yeah. but I started exploring the importance of alignment physically, but then it transcended that. It, it carried over into emotional balance, structural alignment, spiritual alignment, which uh, I've been following for quite a while. But, um, but not to not to take away from your story, I just wanted to share with you the fact that this does not fall on deaf ears. This is something that resonates with me. So, what moment, Graham, if you could? pick a moment in time did you realize that this is not only a passion but it's something that I could teach others mm. man uh I knew at 14 um 
that I was going to doing stuff with my energy and voice was what I was going to do. It was, it was vague, but I knew at 14, I was here to use my voice because I had a way of speaking where people were listening for whatever reason. And I didn't understand why, but I was always the captain of the teams I was on, never the best player. Um, and it wasn't that I was loud or had bravado or had like a bigger body than other people. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I started to bring the awareness that, okay, you're going to, what I'm going to do in this life is to share through my voice, share through my energy. Um, and then, like I said, at, at like 19, I got introduced to the San Francisco healing center. So that's probably when I, that's probably the moment when I was like, okay, I started to learn like mental skills, if you will. It's the best way to, to like say it, but I learned to be present. Um, my initial teacher, the way we look at religion, religion is like a workout right? It's a workout for your spirit. You know what I mean? And every religion has some good practices. Every religion has some terrible fucking teachers that came in and messed up the whole practice because of who they were. But if you look at some of the basic tenets of every religion, you can pick out great, great principles. It's like working out. It's not that one workout's better than the other. You got to do what's right for your body, pick the best out. Maybe you pick a little bit of these components, some of those components and you put it in. So I was taught by someone who was putting the whole thing together. And from every deity, every God, every person who written word. Um, so I was getting stuff to this day has never been tested. Meaning like sports psychology is not close to any of this stuff. Mental training is like the surface level of the depth that I was becoming aware of uh, back in, in the 90s. So I would say 1997 is probably when it really took off. And I started really allowing myself to do this work and kind of surrendered to doing it. Well, even while I was going to college, stopped playing basketball. But then I, I, a couple years later, it was like a alignment inside of me essentially my life went from before and after that and then it was just like a creative lifestyle after that and I felt like I could hear really well and by hearing I mean whatever you want to call source I could hear it and I could pick up vibration what to do and so here I am 26 years later in the last 120 days uh I've won more than anyone in basketball mental training in 120 days like ever you know and I'm kind of mind blown by all the stuff I don't know if I told you, I work with the Yukon Huskies this year. I barely even had time to tell anyone that we won the national championship. And there's so much that you stick with something for 10, 15, like a long time. And you watch these profound things happen. And it just reinvigorates your deep faith of like, holy shit, this is real. Um, the, even if you can't see it right away, the mechanics of this stuff is all real. And for me, I always use language that I, I, I like to say, walk to win, Rocky, with lethal patience. And where I see people get into trouble with all this stuff is they're in a hurry. You know what I mean? So a young person's like, yeah, but I'm doing what you're saying, but like, where's the result? And I'm like, the alignment is the result, not like this thing that then happens after. Um, so I, I've been walking this path slow. Um, but in the, this, this year with basketball, I almost feel it's the weirdest experience for me to help the Kings be a part of that, making the playoffs, uh, you know, with UConn winning it. Um, and two of my earliest students, Two kids I was teaching. I, I always think of myself, Rocky, as a proactive mental skills coach. I teach this stuff proactively. You don't wait till someone's in a crisis. That's more of a surgeon, right? I'm a, I'm a strength coach. We're going to go work out every day and do this stuff. That means you're going to become aware. And one of them was Aaron Gordon, and he won the NBA finals with the Denver Nuggets. And the other one was Jalen Brown, and he signed the biggest contract oh. in the history, history of basketball. So I look at these four results, most money ever, you know, NBA finals, Kings broke the uh, the longest drought in North American sports history from making the playoffs, and then UConn Huskies won the you know the championship in college. I look at that and I look at those results, and I'm like, man, I can't explain any of this stuff. 
that is so far out there and so beyond something that I was like, oh yeah, this is all going to happen in 120 days all in the same time. It, it, that's impossible to have the, to, to calculate any of that. So for me, this has all been a journey of letting go, staying with the alignment, being devoted to the alignment. And then you watch these results happen, but I can't control the results, Rocky. Like that's wild to me, you know? You know, <laughs> Graham, that's, it's so interesting listening to you right now and all that you just shared in the last five minutes or so, I'm, the, the accolades, the accomplishments are, are shared with a lack of ego is what I'm getting. And I think for me, when you say listening to the source and you can really hear and you can resonate vibrations, that requires a lack of ego. It, it requires just a, a, a sense, of, a, a level of humility and acceptance. And I think those are probably some of the tenets that you're, you're, you're speaking about right now, these spiritual principles that we, we try to embody it, mm. once we become aware. Is, I mean, is, is that kind of along the same lines of what you're talking? You're hitting it so on the head, Rocky. It's clearly we're kindred spirits, and I know how this works. Like, we found each other here on Earth. Man, I'm great. Like, I'm blown away in this moment to be, like, talking to you. Um, the word acceptance is truly the powerful word, like learning to accept. And then when I say you go to an energetic level, these surfboards behind me are, are here for a reason. It's an analogy that the energy is, can be big waves, right? And so this is like, hey, we got to ride these waves. And we have a skill we call palms down, which is the opposite of doing this in life. Like ah, something's happening in life. And we go, you know what? I'm going to choose my response and I'm going to show up in this moment. And so, yeah, the, the acceptance to me, like I didn't make any of these results happen. I, no one can control results. My devotion to sticking with a formula is what I take credit. I'm like, oh no, I was devoted to it. So that's where we can be like, yes, because everyone needs to learn from devotion with sticking with something. Uh, the results and stuff, mind blowing to me. <laughs> I can't like totally mind blowing. I, I can't even believe it, man. And it just reinvigorates. Hey, the whole fun is the process. The whole fun is the pleasure is the present and engaging like I heard it tell me to go teach kids 20 years ago. It was like, go teach kids, right? So I'm going to these camps and who are the kids? One of them is 11 year old Aaron Gordon. I don't know, it's Aaron, just some little kid, but I'm sharing and sharing. And now he's 27 years old, winning the NBA finals. And you're like, wow, that's like 16, 17 years later. So that's not a quick fix, right? That's, that's mind blowing to me where you're like, man, if you stay devoted to something, it's unreal what happens, you know? Uh, same thing with Jalen Brown. He was just a kid. And I shared that because when people call me all the time, they're like, how'd you get to the NBA? And I'm like, man, I just helped other people get to the NBA. It wasn't that I was going to the NBA. I was serving other people to help them. You know, so the whole the whole thing is, can you serve others, stick with that and actually enjoy that? Because that to me is the pleasure, like doing NBA work or doing stuff like the pleasure still to me is always helping and teaching and sharing. It doesn't matter what the title is or where you're doing it at, you know, um, but you said it, Rocky, you said acceptance. That's the word. And the acceptance is so, early on because you can't control results. You can't make it happen faster. <laughs> right. That's the acceptance part. You can't just make these things happen. You have to let go, you know. So there you go. And then with that comes, um, with acceptance comes accepting things that you have no control over. And the one thing you do have control over is your attitude. Man, and you got it. what you want, what you want to do with that. So just Amazing. side note here, mental skills coach, that's a title that you use. And, 
And I, I have a feeling it's because there was um, some connotations that may not have been the most positive, say, early yeah. on. When we talk about anything with mental health, instantly yeah. we think that we're imbalanced and, and there's something, quote unquote, wrong with us. Is, is that where you get the mental skills coach from? Yeah, totally. Uh, and when people say like, oh, the it's so funny, this, the stigma that was there like 20 years ago, like, oh my God, this is something wrong for you. It's the equivalent of someone telling you like, water's bad for you. And you're sitting there and you're like, wow, like you're 100% off. But wow, I'm curious where you got that from. So I always have compassion. I have compassion for people uh, who didn't understand this. And for me, what, what my job in this world was to was to take this stuff that I was aware of, and I'm not even kidding, and win with it, Rocky, because people had to see it win. People had, because, or else it's just hooey, uh, weirdo stuff, right? But if you're like, this shit wins, gets more money than anyone ever has won historically. That's why I think this last like five months was, this isn't for me. This was for everyone else. So they go, got it. Never can I hesitate with knowing this because this is exactly the thing to do. So me using mental skills coaching was just trying to help people with words, uh, you know, because a skill, we all want to get better at a skill and a coaching. We all understand a coach helps you get better. So if you, you want to get coached at this, this is a skill. And yes, we're working at our mind. And what I was really good at was making it simple for people, making, I would, I make them like mental skills. Uh, I call it play present, next play speed, palms down. There, There's three skills right there. So I'm not talking about relaxing under pressure. I'm like, hey man, palms down. That's a move. Instead of this, take a breath and do this, right? And next play speed is how fast can I bounce back to the present when I lose my focus? So when I help teams and companies build cultures, we put the language in first and then we practice the language every day. So that's a mental skills coach, right? Here's a skill. Now we got to do it every day and nobody's perfect at it. Make mistakes. And this is more than uh, guided meditation, visualization techniques, right? I'm sure those come into the fold to some degree, but there's more to it, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I look at it like there's a skill set you want to do. And all, all this is essentially there's four skills to me. The first one's focus on what you can control. The second one is play present, be present. If you're in the moment being present, fully trusting, being assertive, all of those things, you're doing it. That That's it, Rocky. Like that's the name of the game. That's hard to do, right? To actually stay present and keep trusting your skills, especially when stuff's not going well, the things, you know, all these things. So the third skill is next play speed, right? How fast can I bounce back? That's acceptance. You know why people don't bounce back? Well, they don't accept. So the most profound competitive trait is acceptance with compassion. Nobody teaches you that. That if you have compassion and accept the things out of your control, you become a killer competitively. I mean, you become lethal because you don't get stuck, right? So next play speed, honestly, we don't get taught this. The more compassion you have towards the outside stuff that looks like it's screwing you over, the more you're like, that's okay. You, you flow forward. Uh, and then palms down is choosing. And it, it just mentally puts you in the zone. I can just feel it. That's it, bro. Uh, it's sincerely. It's real. And people don't know this, right? Because most people think competitive is like, I got to dominate or be better than you. And I'm like, when something happens, like a referee misses a call, if in your mind you think you missed a call, you're already in trouble because now you're stuck in the past. You're not moving forward with flow, even if you're right. So being righteous will get you killed. Uh, trying to be right will get you killed. And most people don't know that. They think it's justice. What you want to get good at is just letting go and accepting.
And it's so weird because you're like, hey, I understand. Do you miss that call? That's a powerful competitor. That's a competitor that has learned how to get out of their own way. And they're they're hard to, to beat, hard. And they have more love and compassion inside of themselves. Uh, they've had more courage to face whatever they were holding on to that made them want to be right in that moment. Um, so anyway, so what I'm saying is those four skills, we introduce that language. And then just talking about it every day, you're kind of reinforcing it, right? So that's how we practice it. And then a great way to practice, of course, is meditation, visualization, right? Powerful self-talk, goal setting. We set goals around those four skills. We meditate on them, visualize on them, work on our positive self-talk. So all the mental skills just help you because at the end of the day, you want to be fully present, focused on what you can control and have the concentration and endurance level to do that for the entire competition, you know? And then after that, we can live with whatever happens after that, you know? So is that how you address the, uh, what we'll call the itty bitty shitty committee? Like the, <laughs> the talk, you know, the squirrel in my head that's just on that mouse wheel, completely telling me I'm not good enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough. Because everyone has it. So Everyone's got their worst critic inside their brain. How do you quiet the noise? Is it through what you've just described or are there other approaches or tactics? You know, it, it's a process to me. Uh quieting you know the first thing you do is you accept the noise don't try to quiet it just let it be there and watch what happens when you're like go ahead and be there voice be there as much as you want all of a sudden it's like that voice loses a little bit of power because guess what you're doing you're saying you're welcome to be here so go ahead and be here it's not going to affect what i do you're welcome to talk as loud as you want in my mind because right now you're not telling your heart to stop beating you're not telling your spleen to stop working you're not telling your liver to stop working your mind's going to pump out thirty thousand thoughts whether you like it or not has nothing to do with you whatsoever, has nothing, to, but we identify with thoughts in our culture. You're not identifying with your heart beating right now, but it's cranking away without your permission, right? If it didn't, you would die very quickly. So my point is there's all these things functioning and one of the functions is thought. So once you realize it's okay to have crazy ass thoughts and it's, it, it, you can just, you learn to observe them, learn to check them out. And while your wild thoughts are there, like you're gonna lose, you're not gonna do it, never work. You go back to your first mental skill. What's important now? I'm president. I trust my shit. You're welcome to be here. Self-doubt. I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to be here and trust. So in this present moment, see the surfboards behind me? We're riding a little wave now, Rocky. Ooh, a little bit of self-doubt today. Good. I like the big waves. You know when self-doubt shows up? When you're about to do some real shit. You know what I mean? So what we always say is, oh, good. Is all the self-doubt and worry there? You must have the stakes raised in what you're doing. That's what we want. That's called a big wave. And if you're good at next place speed, bouncing back, you're not afraid of falling off the wave. You're like, I'll fall off the wave 12 times because I'm better at getting back than I am even riding the wave. So now you've built the mental skill set to approach any self-doubt, any worry. You don't have to clear your mind. You don't have to feel good. We don't teach confidence as a feeling. We teach it as a commitment. Confidence as a feeling is very fragile. And that's very, very fragile. And you know it right away when you go, oh, shit, you know, how often do you feel amazing? Not, it's not, if you're counting on that to be confident, that's fragile. Commitment goes, I don't care how I feel, but how I feel is, doesn't mean anything. It's going to shift in 12 times in the next three minutes. So now we're just riding the waves again, but nothing stops that we focus on what we can control. We're present and we're trusting our skills. Now that's performance, Rocky. I'm not saying you got to live like that every day of your life, every moment. That would be wild. We're talking like, Hey, I'm about to perform and I'm going to do this for like 40 minutes. So I'm going to ride this motherfucking wave. And I'm going to focus on what I can control. And my thoughts the whole time will probably be like, come on, come on, you're going to die. And you're like, that's cool. And they're welcome to be here. 
and I'm going to fly in that. And so when you tell that to people, you see a freedom open up in them. Like right away, they're like, oh, I don't have to feel amazing. I don't have to get rid of the doubt. And in fact, when the doubt's there, that's a good thing. Yeah. So then right away, that's like walking into a weight room. We don't walk into a weight room and say, hey, I'm trying to work out, but I don't want to feel uncomfortable or get any resist. The weights better not resist me. I'm like, they're designed to resist you. That's that's the design. So I look at thoughts. I look at them because they're going to crank out all day. The design of thought is, if you're aware, to remind you to come back to what's important now. So if a thought says like, Graham, you better do great on Rocky's show. You better get, well, I don't even know, good numbers. Or, it's so funny to me even saying this because I'm not even close to this because I could care less. I'm going to just connecting with you. <laughs> up, I would say, I don't care. What's important now, giving Rocky everything I have, being connected, great energy, show up positive, um, and, and then let it rip. You know what I mean? And, and let people feel your energy. So I, I got to tell you, uh, the what you just shared about being okay with that other guy in the room and be like, I know I've probably had that said to me, or it has been, that sentiment has been in a room that I have been in. But this is the first time I heard it. Okay. All I, right. You know, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I guess this is today because I, that's the first time it really sank in going, oh, I don't have to quiet it down. I just accept it and know that it's going to be here and it's a part of me. And and when things, uh, when that volume turns up and, and the lack of confidence begins to build, something big is in the air. That means I'm on the right track. So oh, if nothing good. else, thank yeah. you. you. Oh man, you, you got it. I mean, this is, it's not like I'm the inventor of this stuff. I'm, I'm actively doing mental training on myself. So I'm just sharing my workouts. I'm just sharing how I train every day. Like every day I train on this every day, every second of my life is a hundred percent devoted to this. And I've just done it so much that eventually you, you learn the principles. You're like, I would never go against that principle. I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> like, like lifting weights or training. Once you learn something that you know the science on a deep level, you would never go against that, no matter what anyone else said. You know what I mean? If someone said some obnoxious stuff about a some form of a squat, I'm just making shit up, right? And you're like, my God, they're going to break their spine. You would never do that. You'd be like, Jesus, no, I know how to do this. I know the, the foundations. I've learned the mechanics of energy and I've learned the mechanics of power versus force. And so acceptance is power. And so if we're just thinking of energy in the moment, acceptance allows you to be in power. The highest level of force is pride. So pride might be like, I got to make it happen. We got to get this done. Like, oh, the ref, like you're screwed if you're in that state, right? So the acceptance is, man, I can't control any of that shit. And once you do that, you automatically, energetically step into power, which is profound for a lot of people. Because you're like, I stepped into power by accepting the thing that was trying to happen. You're like, yeah, that's the principle of what this is. We're not trying to be righteous. We're trying to get into power. And power is a real energetic thing that's here right now. A lot of people just don't know how to select it. They're selecting what I call lower vibration energy, reactionary energies, defensive energies. Fine. God, I got to feel good. I'm like, you're forcing everything right now. You will never be in power. Where power is, damn, my mind is going crazy right now. Holy shit, Rocky. So many thoughts. I'm, I feel so much fear right now. Holy shit. And I'm just going to breathe and be with it. That's power. Like that, that's, that's, high, that's close to a high level of confidence, right? Where you're like, my confidence is on a level of, it's not about feeling. Um, and if this is what helps people to commitment again, like we said, it's more powerful than confidence because commitment means it, I'm going to do it. It's non-negotiable, right? And that's the devotion. And if you don't know, 
devotion is the sweetest emotion. De devotion, I can't even describe it, but and all devotion means is you stick with something when you're really like, I don't see any logic to stick with this at all, but yet you know you're supposed to stick with it. That's devotion, you know, yet you know, right? So again, if someone was like, water is terrible, it's 25 years ago, you're like, I know factually it's the best thing in the world for you. We're 75% water. I'm going to stay devoted to water, even if people are like, you're crazy. You're insane. You're like, it's okay if they say I'm insane, right? Then you start to have compassion for other people. A common thing I've seen with this is first couple of years, someone says, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, that's crazy. And then three years later, they're like, wait a second, how is this working? And then three years after that, they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. The pacing has to open up for people when they do this work. This isn't like, I did it. Where's the result right away? It's like, just do it. And the thing that, that you did it, that's the result. Energetically, you get the reward right away. So again, this last five months, I've had results that are absurd, like so absurd, it's shocking to me. But the win for me has always been the energy every day was there for me every day of the journey. Because every day I'm, I'm like, the energy is real. The result is just something on a piece of paper and someone says something. The real thing is my energy right now. So if I keep accepting, showing up in the present, doing it, I'm winning right now energetically, which I think is the most powerful currency in the world. If there's something more powerful than this energy, someone let me know. Because if this energy leaves my body right now, you're going to look, I'm dead, right? So clearly this has a high value to me. You know what Heck I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm just kind of, getting that analogy of uh, snowflakes. It, eventually they accumulate enough where an avalanche occurs, but yeah. it, it takes, it, it, it just takes consistency. It takes time. And then, and, but you're going in that direction. Now you, you, you go outside of this realm, one as an author where you've got your book play, play present. Is that yeah, the correct true. title? Yeah. yeah okay. And, but you're also a musician and you create motivational music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a, like, as I keep doing this, right. It all feels creative to me. And you know, like everything to me feels like I'm kind of like hearing creative and then I go do it. It feels kind of risky and vulnerable. Cause when you first start doing something, it's scary. Right. And then later on, they're like, Oh my God, it's like amazing. So for me, that's where I unlock the most energy in me is doing like like vulnerable stuff, not vulnerable stuff. Like I'm a physical danger, but vulnerable, like go make some music. And I'd already established myself at a high level of mental training. And I'm like, I want to, I'm called to make music because this is an easy way to share mental training. You know, how powerful is music? Makes you feel emotion, makes you feel feelings. Uh, if you're watching a scary movie and you're scared, fucking hit mute and see how scary it is after that. It's not very scary, right? So the whole thing is sound, sound, sound is real, Rocky. And what I mean by that is me and you, if we, me and you paused right here, I'm just sat here. Anything we heard would be real. If we were quiet for a minute and then after I said, okay, what kind of thoughts did you have? And you said your thoughts, I'd be like, that's your shit. I didn't think that at all. Like, I, but like, if we heard a bird chirp, we'd be like, that bird was real. We both picked it up. So, you know, it's not make-believe. You in your own head, that's your own world. You can make up anything you want. It's not a reality for everybody. But sound is real for everyone. So music is just a universal way to teach. Um, it's a universal way to connect. You can feel vibration even with bass. If you can't hear very well, you can feel vibration. It's a physical thing, music. Um, so I, I just teach to it. I make a bunch of beats. Uh, like I made a beat last night. I'll probably make a, a song after we get off here because I feel so inspired. And I just try to make simple things that people can listen to that is training them. So one song is like, I love myself unconditionally. 
And I just say that affirmation 30 times. I love myself unconditionally gives you the juice to trust in the moment when your self-doubt pops up, right? Oh my God, I don't want to do it. And you go, yeah, but I love myself unconditionally. So even if it doesn't work out, guess what? Self-doubt, we're okay either way. Cause I still, I'm still going to go do it. So you, these affirmations give you counters so you can show up in the moment and, and trust. So I try to put them in simple songs. I send them to athletes and I'm like, just listen to it while you work out. You don't even have to pay attention to it. It's already working. It's working on your subconscious. You're just hearing it over and over again. And then you might find yourself in a big moment. Self-doubt's like, don't do it. And you're like, I love myself unconditionally. That's so silly. <laughs> and then you're just a warrior and you go do it. And you're in the present and you trust. So you're, you're, we use music as a great way to do it. Um, I record under the name Graham the Guide. That's kind of like my music name that kind of came to me. And uh, I have fun just making beats. I record right here. This is my little like studio room right here. And it's a great way to also Rocky because I do this mental training myself and a great way to keep unlocking more of your energy and, 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 and expanding your presence and becoming more powerful is you do, you do do vulnerable stuff. That is how you unlock. I mean, think about working out, right? If you're doing the same workout after a while and it gets boring, it doesn't necessarily have the same effect on you, right? You're like, Oh, I got to mix it up. And even if you go back to like, Oh, I'm just going to do, uh, you know, hundred pushups, hundred sit-ups, like the most basic stuff, 10 pull-ups. You're like, brilliant. We haven't done that for five years going to kick your butt right so if we can help people with that and, and just kind of help them with the same way we train physically same way we train mentally and we work on these principles i, I don't know man it's just i enjoy all the different creative ways to help people and music is just such a such a powerful way well it's it's kind of juxtaposed uh music makes you comfortable and yet at the same time we need to get uncomfortable in order yeah. for change to occur right yeah. So can can we have both? I mean, the duality of the universe right there in itself. That's pretty cool. So yeah, right. tell me this, though. I'm, I'm really curious the journey you've taken with some of these players who are now in the NBA that you began with as teenagers who were not in necessarily the same limelight. Now, granted, with social media the way it is in the last, say, 15 years, some of these young upstart athletes that are, say, 13, 14, 15 years old already have their sizzle reel or they already have yeah. their Instagram where people are looking at it. There's thousands of followers. But prior to that, let's just take the average player who suddenly finds themselves thrust into, into the NCAA finals and, and then beyond with big NBA contracts. That's a tremendous I won't say mental burden, but a shift that requires a lot of guidance. Man, you, how does that work with you? It's a it's a lot, man. There's no business like basketball. There's no business where you're identified at 13 years old when you're really good, and by 18 you're signing that massive deal. It doesn't happen in baseball. It doesn't happen in the NFL. There's no business where it happens as fast as it does with basketball. And this is even making it so you can't turn pro at 18. We're, we still make it so you have to go do something else after high school, which is un-American in a lot of ways, right? right? Limiting someone's ability to go do something. Um, so like the stress is overwhelming. Uh, it, it It's a lot, Rocky. And, and like how to deal with it, everyone is different. And it's not just the player, it's every single person around the player that deals with it. The NBA is one of those things, professional basketball, that there's, the magnitude is so big that it, it it, it, that's why people feel it. They feel it layers away from their family. Everyone they know knows what's about to happen. Like it's, it's a whole lot. 
And so what I have always tried to do is if I can be reaching kids when they're, you know, 11, 12, 13, which is really what I see. I'm just a teacher for kids. Then should they be one of the, and let's be real. There's 450 NBA players. Like you got better odds of being any, like a Congress person. You got better odds of doing, running a fortune 500 company that being the NBA is the most elite sport of all the professional sports with the least amount of players. It's wild. So if you can help people with the mental skills when they're young, then if they get to 18, 19 to have a chance to do that, then maybe they've done five or six years of these skills and they have a chance to be, to, to be successful, right. To, to have a good head on their shoulder, to deal with all this pressure. So that's always what I'm trying to do is just kind of like help them. And that was always my approach. Um, but you know, can't make anyone do it. You know, there's a famous joke. How many, how many mental coaches does it take to change a tire flat tire? And the answer is, I don't know. The flat tire has to want to change itself. You know what I mean? Like you can, nobody knows, you know? So I just try to be there for people and proactively teach um, and, and give this language to people so they can practice. And, but man, it's, there's no real exact way. I mean, it's such a, a wild frontier, man. Really. It's really a wild space. I, I don't like the agents, the work they have to do. It's just, oh, there's so much stuff going on, man. It's so wild. And so when it comes to working, guiding an individual compared to an entire team, such yeah. as the Sacramento Kings, obviously the, the foundation is the same. However, how you get the message across or the guidance, how does it vary? between individual and team. Yeah, it's just different dynamics, you know, uh, working with a team is like a corporate job, you know, really, you know, you're working in a corporate organization, uh, working by yourself, you're the boss, you know? So it's it's just totally different dynamics when you work within a corporate organization. Um, you know, building trust takes time. Sometimes players, because you're with the organization that can put up a layer of, of more trust you have to work through where if you're outside of it, like, and there, and you have a connection to a player without the organization. There, there can, there can be openings for trust that are built quicker in that space because you're just right there helping them out, right? Not running through a team. You know, inevitably, if someone works for a team in general, their first thought is keeping their job, right? And so, if your first thought is I got to keep my job, that tends to be like maybe I'm not trying to help this person out. It can be, right? Just human nature, you know. So I've noticed being away from teams, uh, sometimes they can open up that space that it's like, I'm not here protecting any job. I'm just connecting with you right away. And that's just some of the common challenges you see in any, any organization, you know, building trust. But there's so many great mental coaches these days. Rocky's doing great work. I always just take my time. I'm never in a hurry. Trust can take four or five years to build. And that's normal. And so I never look for anyone's approval when I'm working with them. You can't look for that. You can't look for them. Taint, this works. I know this shit works. So I'm not, if you want to do it, you want to do it. You know what I mean? It's okay if you don't want to do it. If you do, you do. So um, it's, you know, a lot of this is nuanced stuff, just working with humans, trying to connect with them and, and set up conversations. But the the Kings and UConn, just amazing organizations, just the culture they develop from the head coaches, just, a, just an amazing culture where mental training was valued and welcomed, in, you know what I mean? And in, in, in a way that I'd never seen before in my life. And I was like, wow, this is really cool that like, this is welcomed in, talked about proactively, we're doing it. So it's just, it's cool. And that comes from the head coaches, you know, they believe in it and, and they know it and they make you feel good with it. So two really good cultures for this stuff. And they'd be thriving with or without me. You know what I mean? Like those cultures are so amazing. 
um, any mental coach coming in and there would do a great job, you know? So it's just, I feel almost like I just got invited to be a part of really cool cultures because I was, maybe I was devoted to this for so long. And that's honestly, I just got to go be a part. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's amazing when the head coaches believe in it, that's when stuff really, really takes off, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so in the last 120, uh, lottery ticket days, we'll say that you've had here, uh, now that the season is gearing up pretty soon, is your phone ringing more? Do you have more e emails in your inbox or however you get communicated with? I mean, uh, other teams reaching out going, what the heck? The Kings came out of nowhere last season. Or, man, those Huskies just dominated. Do you know that the same guys working with those athletes? Blah, blah, blah. I, I keep it pretty quiet. Uh, in general, like, it's so big sometimes, Rocky. Like, what I value is... Uh, just being able to move through space without any attention on me because I, I'm like a surgeon when I do this work. I can, when I connect with someone, it's just like surgery to me. I know what to do. And if, and so I don't need like the outside attention and stuff. Honestly, I've been trying to duck it most of my life so I can just do the work. But a friend of mine helped me and was like, the outside attention is for everyone else. So they know how real this shit is. Like I filmed a documentary movie with Aaron Gordon several years ago that at some point will release. And it was uncomfortable for me to film it. And I was like, I don't like it. I hate attention. And then my a good mentor of mine was like, this is for everyone else, man. And I was like, ah, oh, that helps me do this. So when I go do podcasts or do this stuff, it's so other people hear it. It's so other people have can do it. I'm just living my life, Rocky. You know what I mean? Like I'm, when, I, when I go live my life, I, I know how to do this. I've been doing it. Like I can go in there, get in ways. I can help connect with people. Um, so for me, I it's a challenge sometimes balancing putting yourself out there, letting it be seen. And also just being like, I just like doing the work. And when you're really tuned into the way people always ask me, how do you market yourself? I'm like, you don't have to market yourself when you're really tuned in, just so you know. And they look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, that's my life. Like I never had intention to go market myself. My intention was to do the work. And it turns out that markets you profoundly <laughs> in ways that you can't even explain, which should help you accept and let go more. So you can tap into like, I get, you know, because all this stuff blows me away. And all I, it just always comes back to the devotion, to the service, to the alignment, to feeling the energy. And I operate from what I call a CEO, which is a conscious energy officer. Energy is the, I'm going to honor that. That's the deepest shit I know. And where that goes result-wise and all this stuff, it's going to go where it goes. But uh, man, sorry, I can't think I, I'm all over the place, Rocky. Sorry, man. No, uh, man, that's great. You know, back in, uh, I was just sharing this, a little story of the friend the other day, but I just finished at the university back in Massachusetts in, uh, in May of 1990. And the very next month, Nelson Mandela was on a kind of a United States tour. He stopped in Boston. And I think he went to maybe New York and LA, only a few cities, but me and some friends went into the Esplanade in Boston for to listen to Nelson Mandela speak. And it was uh, over a hundred thousand, maybe a quarter of a million people crammed in there listening to this man and uh, profound, obviously, but it wasn't until about a decade later that I was reading uh, his inauguration speech when he became president of the African National Congress. And there were some excerpts in there that I'm sure float around the internet to this day, but in essence, it was, you do no good by keeping your light in, by, by hiding the shadows. It's only by shining your light do you give others per permission to do the same. 
And so, you know, you're, you're talking here and I instantly I go to Nelson's words there and it resonated with me when I read it going, okay, yes. Yeah. This is what I just need to walk this walk because it is based on truth, the laws of physics yeah, and the human body. And, and there's things that people are going to say that this doesn't work or that doesn't work, but the proof is in it. And if I keep this, this path that I know to be true, not righteous, but just true, yep, yep. and it has been tested and it keeps coming out true, then that, that's all I need to do. And, and by doing so, you give other permission, people permission to do the same. And I, I, I think that's really what you're saying. It's like, like, you don't need to be marketing yourself. The proof's in the pudding. And it's just like you say, just the, the, the last few months here, it, it obviously is resonating with a whole bunch of people, head coaches, players alike. Ooh, that, Crazy. That's it. And I, I feel really grateful to have that. So when a, a young person, when I'm talking like, you know, in, in your 20s or you're kind of getting life kicking in, maybe you finished college or you finished high school and you're like, okay, here I am. There's this kind of franticness with people that they think ah, it's going to happen right away. Boom. And there's like all these false conclusions out there. Like if it doesn't happen by this date, by this date, by this date, it's got to happen. And it's the equivalent to me of playing basketball and you're in the first quarter and someone's like game winning shot. And you're like, we're not even close. <laughs> and, and they keep trying to tell you it's like a game winning shot on the line. They're like, don't miss it. Don't miss it. It's on the line. And you're like, we have 70 years, 80 years. I, I look at life that every 20 years is a quarter of basketball. And if you're lucky, right, then maybe that gives you an 80 to, you know, somewhere around a 90 summer your, your life, like 20 years, 20 years, and a little halftime, then 20 years, 20 years. And we're in the first 20 years of life. And at 17 years old, you're watching people taking game winning shots, Rocky. And you're like, holy shit, they think it's all on the line right now. And instead of going, you could, it's all about how you bounce back now. That's the skill. So as you get into the third quarter, you're like, holy shit, I am lined up. My mental skills are so sharp. When you're lined up and you get into your 40s lined up, people have no idea what that does because they're looking for retirement, right? They're like, I got to get out. Like, so if, we, if our whole thing is let the light shine every day and have the discipline to do it, takes profound discipline, and that ends up producing outrageous results. Like, outrageous. Why are we in a hurry? I'm, the, I'm you know what I mean? Like, and, and I think we, we've been set up all this marketing, social media, commercials, and it starts here in high school. We got to get a GPA, got to get to college, all these things. You're like, what would happen? Like, truth is, I hear you, but like the franticness is not real. And that, that helps us sell or close things. You know, you watch TV and they're like, best time to buy a Toyota is today. And you're like, you say that every day, every year for the last 40 years. So that's not true. You know, like it's, but it's trying to create this thing in your mind that, ah, there's, a, there's like this false urgency and that creates this panic in people where they're not playing it long, you know? So uh, don't take game-winning shots till the game's on the line at the end. And your game-winning <laughs> shots hopefully aren't coming until you're like 85, 90, you know what I mean? And what, I, what I've noticed is like, there won't really won't even be much opposition when you get there because when you stay aligned and work on the light, you're like, like there's no opposition. There's no... Anyway, so that's when I when I help young people in their 20s, I'm like, you're barely in the second quarter. Don't try to take game winning shots, even if you fuck up profoundly right now, lose four jobs in a row. You're the second quarter. It doesn't even like you're fine. Get good at bouncing back. That's the main skill. This never ends. 
And once you understand it's a long thing that doesn't end, you're like, what, what's the panic for right now? You know? So anyway, that that's a big part of the results that come in is like my pacing. Again, I had to make words up because in our culture, we don't have these words, lethal patience. I walk to win with lethal patience In our culture. Patience is a bad word. And I'm like, patience should be like, I don't have any patience. You need to start saying patience is more stamina. I don't have any fucking stamina. Keep it real. Cause, cause you, you need to have it. It's like, you need to have endurance and you may not have good endurance, but if you have good endurance, you can get profound results. So I see people wanting results, but they're like, I don't have any patience. I'm like, you got to get better at your endurance. You got to get better at mental training. You got to get better at being a groove of being present. So you can kind of shift how time feels to you. Um, and we all know time is relative. If you've done something fun for an hour, it's way different than doing something shitty for an hour. Right. So, you know, time's relative right yeah. away. It's all relative. It's not this fixed thing. It's all based on your experience. So if you're super present and dialed in, you can collapse time. I know it sounds funny and it can collapse and help you out. Get there quicker. That's what it feels like. I got you. I, I get a sense. Well, not a sense. I, I pretty much feel or know that. Um, uh, and I just lost the word for affirmations that daily affirmations are a big part planting seeds for success, however you'd like to say it, putting the intention into your consciousness and letting it settle down into your unconscious so that opportunity occurs without you even maybe being aware in the moment. I love myself unconditionally, walk with lethal patience. Um, there's the, Those have come up. What, what are some other daily affirmations that percolate to the top where you're, you just find yourself going, this applies, this applies? I don't react, I respond. I take a breath and I move on. That's a big one. I don't react, I respond. I take a breath and I move on. Everyone is reacting to anything that pops up. Ah! Right? So I don't react, I respond. I take a breath and I move on. So that's a, that's a really powerful one that I find really helps a lot of people. Uh, big affirmation, I choose my response, palms down. I do a lot of work with police officers. I, I work with anyone under pressure where results are on the line and nothing with more pressure than if you have a firearm or the US Navy or where you're like a bad day for them if someone dies, you know? So palms down is the big one, Rocky, that everyone resonates with. They go, wait, right now it's a reactionary time in life. We have to choose our response. Look at my body language. I can't ride a wave like this, right? So a big emotion hits, I'm going to find that nice harmony, that nice balance. I'm going to, I'm going to be emotionally intelligent. And we're finding with cops, they can de-escalate situations just by de-escalating themselves. How profound, right? We know this shit, but like, you can't come to a scene, relax, everyone calm down. Like, that's not going to relax the scene. Like, you come into that scene and you're centered and you're calm, you've lowered your heart rate. That's what an alpha is. Alpha can harmonize energy. And then all of a sudden, all everyone on the scene starts to reflect that. And you still might have to do stuff as a police officer that's intense and scary, and but you're from a place of non-reactionary. Anytime you go from a reactionary space as a cop and you act with force, you big problems. Anytime you're acting with power, which is acceptance, neutrality, love, no one ever has to explain why they did that, <laughs> right? No one ever has to explain why they did that because they're like, that's clearly the right thing to do. Like, But using force, when maybe you acted on fear, um, you have to explain yourself. Because acting on those emotions are reactionary, and you know, have so. What I, what I like to do is just palms down is a big one. Next play speed is a big one, and play present. Those are that's the language we use all the time. So I like to say I'm committed to playing present. 
I'm committed to a fast next play speed. I'm committed to choosing my response palms down. You know, those, those are just great affirmations. Uh, tell yourself. I love myself unconditionally. I learned that as a teenager. That might be the most powerful one I've ever heard in my life. So anything you're going through, whatever it is, I love myself unconditionally is a showstopper. It's, there's no self-doubt that freaks it out. There's no worry. There's nothing. There's nothing that freaks out. I love myself unconditionally. You're honoring your deepest self. Like the self you may not even know that exists, you're honoring that. You may think yourself is the money you make or your titles. And by saying, I love myself unconditionally, you're, get, you're crushing any of that weak shit and getting to the absolute essence of what this is. So I love myself unconditionally. I, I would advise everyone to play with that one. Um, I love I listen to it myself, the song. I'll, I'll work out to it for an hour straight and just hear it over and over again and just get in that nice groove. And it, it's like an affirmation is like when an instrument is tuned right, it just plays great music. So you know these affirmations are right when you're like, holy shit, that plays good music in my soul. You know, and you're like, wow, that just feels right. You know, and so, yeah, Rocky, there, there's a lot, man, but palms down, like if you get anything from it, choose your response in life from reacting to, to being aware to like, okay, I'm gonna take my breath. Like when I work with five-year-olds, which is the hardest group to work with for me, five-year-olds get this. Five-year-olds go, hey, this ain't it. This is it. But they all go, yeah, I get it. So five-year-olds always been- Wait, why, why are five-year-olds the hardest group to work with? Because you can't talk to them. You have to be singing and dancing and acting and moving. It's a, it's a visceral. You can talk to them, but they're not going to listen to a conversation. Like They're going to be like, whatever. Like, why are you wearing a green shirt? You know what I mean? Like They're just going to be like, what's going on? So you go, hey, everyone. <laughs> everyone do this they'll all be like okay they said Ooh. they all do that so like once i found this actual it's physical now we've taken the mental training from like this abstract thought to like from this no 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 yeah this is this is the one this is strong who's seen a basketball player do this on the court they all go i've seen that now what this is this is how we counter that oh so five-year-olds have always been hard for me uh, but now i feel like i'm i'm getting better at it. <laughs> okay and then i got another kind of a follow-up with that you mentioned you work with police and military and for those that are just in the listening audience that aren't following along on the video graham has a stunningly bald head with a john muir beard all brown and goes down to the middle of his chest wearing a green grateful dead t-shirt with two surfboards in the background when you go in and present or or offer your guidance and services to peace officers in the military, when you walk in the room, what's that like? Well, I do, and I, I, I appreciate you saying that because the most important thing for me is I have to be authentic, right? And I accept the vulnerability of authenticity. So with that acceptance, I have profound energy coming from me, right? So if I walked into a room and I was going to teach you a class on building muscle, and I walked in with this shit and I was jacked, right? You, you'd be like, he is it. It don't matter what, it don't matter if he's wearing sandals or a t-shirt. You're like, that's it. So my energy speaks for itself. And my ability to command the presence of a room and to convey this with ease is unquestioned. And so I know that. And this also gives you, I give, I, I'm going to give you a little test, you know, and I do it on purpose. I could come in here wearing a suit. I could cut this beard off, but I'm like, what if I had all this and this shit still works? It's probably going to already help start eliminating some illusions you have, you know? And my job is to help you see more truth than, than you're seeing right now. I'm not saying I know the truth, but clearly this doesn't limit success and winning <laughs> on any level. You know what I mean? Profound. 
Um, and when I'm working with police officers and you're working on these techniques, the automatic killer of any of these techniques is you're not being genuine and authentic. That all of this stuff is trash. If you're not genuine and authentic, none of this means anything, Rocky, at all. So I'm, this is genuine and authentic for me. And so, yeah, you're like the Grateful Dead. Oh my God, this guy's got a beard, like all this stuff. And then you're like, yeah, but at the same time, man, that dude is genuine, you know? And then all the shit I said, this is me being real. I'm a fucking heavyweight with this. I will knock your ass out if you're playing around in this shit. So I like every once in a while when someone goes, hey, what about this? I'm like, oh, a little, just, you know, I mean, just, just hit them with a couple. I'm not, not to hurt anyone, but sometimes people need to see the power and they want to know how you've done it and how it works. And I'd say the most intense for me was uh, Navy admirals. You know, um, you're sitting on a phone with three Navy admirals who run carrier strike groups. And if you don't know what a carrier strike group is, it's the most lethal shit we have. It's a, <laughs> an aircraft carrier, two destroyers, two nuclear subs. Like, I think we have about 15 of them in the U.S. If they pull up to where you are, they call it projecting power. And that means we don't ever want to use this stuff, but it's here. And if we, so Navy admirals run those. And I've worked with several of them that run carrier strike groups. And I had to teach them about vulnerability. And man, Rocky, I was like, man, they're not going to want to feel vulnerable. These guys have been taught their whole life to not feel vulnerable. And so I felt myself being a little scared of them. You know, these are admirals. And I heard the voice inside of me say, stand the fuck up and let them know what this is. Because they don't know. And they're going to get in danger. I was like, oh, yeah, fellas, uh, I can't tell you. I can't call you tough if you're not willing to be vulnerable. Just so you know, you're a great person, but you're not as tough as you would be if you'd be willing to be vulnerable. Make sense? Vulnerable is way scarier than not. You guys make sense? They were quiet, but they knew right away that I was hitting truth. I'm like, if you don't want to be vulnerable, that's cool, but you're not a badass, just so you know. You're just someone scared to be vulnerable, and that's probably who you guys are. It's cool. That's where our work is done, if you guys don't want to do this shit. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe I just said that to them. And after they were like, man, we love it, G. Okay, let's roll. Let's go, baby. <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, because they felt, they felt it. Where I'm like, even if you're admirals and you run stuff, I know the dynamics of power here. And I'm going to deliver. I know it. And you're, it's like weight training, you know, uh, either you can do it or you can't. And I was in a different class than them. And so I, I my job was to help them humbly um, do it. And then after they're like, thank God we did it. We didn't understand. I'm like, hey, totally cool. You, I, I could never fucking be in your shoes. So it's like this dance where I'm super humble, but also like, you're going to get hit right now. And I'm going to hit you. And you've never been hit by this before. And you're going to get rocked. And you're going to try to hit me and you can't even fucking touch me. And that's going to humble you. <laughs> honestly, I am feeling so jacked right now. I am feeling more than any workout that I've done all week. This has been phenomenal. And Graham, if if you would be okay coming back again, I, I would love yeah. to let's just... Go, yeah, let's Anytime. do this. This has been amazing. Hey, so in the descriptions below for the listening audience, check out Jay's book, Play Present. His music, which is happens to be the intro and outro music that we have in this episode, that's going to be available. I'll put the, the links on it all. And uh, yeah, follow Graham on LinkedIn and all the others that I'll, I'll provide too. This has been fantastic, Graham. I, I can't thank you enough for just being willing to come on and share. And I look forward to the next time we do this. This, this to me, like you reached out, I, I just felt the calling and, and I was like, man, we, we got to do it. And Thank you for connecting on this, Rocky. Thank you for doing your thing and, and being a leader in this space. The more we can share this with people, the more we can help, the more people get 
just insight. I, I look at it like this. I always try to make things formulaic for people, right? Even though it's not necessarily like a straight line of success, right? It can be wild how this works, but people love a formula. And so awareness activates your ability. That's the start, right? Then it's repetition retains your realization. You got to do this over and over again. This isn't a quick fix. It's not like you try it once and you're like, that's it. You're like, no, we're going to do this forever. And it's experience evolves your enlightenment. So once you have the experience, you're like, oh, this isn't like I have to believe in Graham or something like that. You have the experience. Once you have the experience, that's the real thing, right? That's your teacher. It's like, no, I'm aware. You know what I mean? Like if someone came up and was like, gravity's not real. I'd be like, well, I mean, I'm on the ground right now. I mean, the evidence is really strong that it is real. Like there's no real argument. I'm just like, no, I don't know what you're doing. Like, so once you experience this stuff, you know, and you go, okay, then it becomes, you're no, no, no longer debating in your mind and you have less friction and you're just like, man, this is just what we do. It's like the mechanics of it. So everyone just practice, practice, practice. And this is, this is real. My resume of success is mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me. My resume of failures is a thousand times longer and way more impressive. And what that means is don't let the little things stop you, <laughs> right? That's the next play speed. Keep showing up. So I always have to acknowledge if you want to look at my resume of success, no problem, but you got to look at my resume of failure. That's the more impressive one. Uh, it's way longer. And that's why I'm here. And actually I was never failing. Hey, Don. It makes sense. <laughs> it totally makes sense. Oh man. Yeah. I, honestly, we, we've got to get together again because the time is is uh, short on this episode, but we can open it up for another one somewhere down the road. And I really appreciate you. Can't, I can't wait, man. Can't wait to do it again. This was, you see, like an hour went by. That felt like five minutes to me. And that's that's the experience. That's time being relative, right? When you're locked into what you love and sharing and opened up, your whole experience shifts. So keep sharing in life with love. I found that to be like any student that calls me, I always call them Rocky. I call everyone back that reaches out to me. As long as I recognize it's not a formulaic business thing. If it's a real person reaching out, I always talk to them and share. And they're like, man, you just poured in. And I'm like, that's the thing. That's the whole fun. <laughs> like, and it turns out if you keep doing that for a long time, like great business opportunities come, like all these cool things happen. But the fun is like, we just did a really I fun thing, Rocky. So thank you, man. Like, thank you for that. You got it. Unconditionally, and that's it for the Zealous Podcast this week. I can't thank Graham enough and the King's organization for allowing this to happen. But uh, as soon as I can, I'm going to hit rewind and replay because there's some stuff in there, some affirmations, some good insight. Man, I wish I had myself some mental skills coach. And maybe, maybe, you never know. Until next week, make it a good one. I said I love myself unconditionally. Unconditionally, I said I love myself unconditionally.